the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth back with you again this week on the podcast and uh, broadcasting today from Cuiaba, Brazil. And today I'm going to give you this podcast, but it's actually kind of frustrating because I was here trying to do Facebook Live this morning and um, yesterday and the day before it was fine, but somehow the cell signal, cell signal in Brazil was so spotty in and out this morning, kept cutting me off of Facebook. So I said, you know what, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to release what I was going to uh, show you on the broadcast on the podcast today instead. And so I'll be able to upload this for you guys and, and you'll be able to, to catch it right on your phones with no issue. But as you saw in the title, um, what we were teaching on today is three Bible reasons why Christians must be raptured before the tribulation. Now, this is something that uh, had been sparked in my spirit because Number one, looking around the world at everything that's happening and the signs that we're seeing for the return of Christ uh, is just, it's so close. You know, I mean, we're literally so close to the end of time that uh, it's insane. I mean, some people don't see it because they're, they're literally caught up in things that don't matter. You know, their lives are caught up in things that have no eternal value. But if you're looking, you know, if you know what the Bible says and you're seeing what's happening around the world, then you know that we are coming to the final moments of time. Uh, and then I was, I was doing some research and I, I came across a book that uh, I, I bought because it, the title was so interesting to me. And it was a book written by two Pentecostal scholars uh, whom I res- actually respect very much, appreciate what they've written in the past, love the books that they've released in the past. And the, the this book kind of caught me off guard because it was these two men who are really intelligent and they're both filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues. Um, and they wrote this book regarding the end times about why neither of them believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And they, uh, by the way, they both believe in a post-tribulation rapture, uh, more or less the second coming of Christ. And, um, I, I I was very blown away, so I was like, I'm going to get this book, and I'm going to read what it is that they have to say uh, about the about the rapture, because although there are many views on the rapture and many different views regarding the end times and the different elements of the end times, you know, the millennium, tribulation, the rapture, um, and the timing of all of it, how it's going to transpire, whether or not some of those things will take place. There's many different views, but the reason it interested me very much is because I know that both of these men are Pentecostal, and as Holy Ghost-filled believers who at least should believe in the dominion and power of God operating in the church, um, I was surprised to hear them say what they said. And so when I read the first chapter, it was more like the introduction or the, the, the prologue of the book. They started by talking about the fact that they had both traveled around the world and been to many nations 
outside of the United States, Canada, you know, North America. And they'd been, they'd seen for years Christians in other nations being persecuted um, and, and, you know, killed, uh, tortured, oppressed heavily in these other nations. And they pointed that out as their proof and said, look, see, you know, for 2000 years, Christians have experienced tribulation. And that right off the bat kind of blew my mind because it was like, I was so surprised to see two very, very intelligent men uh, pointing at persecution and calling it tribulation. Because first of all, persecution and tribulation, the tribulation, are two very, very different things. Now, persecution is something that Jesus prophesied would take place for believers. He prophesied it. He said, you'll be hated all over the world for my name's sake. That's what Jesus said. You'll be hated all over the world for my name's sake. And basically, Jesus told his disciples, they hated me before they hated you. And if basically, if you're connected to me, you're going to be hated because they hate me. And the hate will come upon you because you're connected to me. That's prophecy. And Jesus did teach that. And we've seen that come to pass for 2,000 years since the church was created and formed by the Holy Spirit, is that we've seen antichrist men and women persecuting Christian men and women for our connection to Christ and our faith in Jesus Christ. That is, I'm in no way disagreeing with persecution. We're still seeing it today. Do you know, I just read an article yesterday that came up on Twitter. It was an article about the churches in China right now are being forced by the government to sing songs in their churches that are that praise communism and praise the Chinese government. And if they refuse to do it, you know, heavy penalties and persecution for the churches. And that's just the least of it. I mean, you talk about people being tortured, rounded up, killed in other countries, heads cut off because they won't renounce Christianity and, you know, take on a false religion. So persecution is not, you know, watered down now that we're further away from, you know, 2000 years ago, it's still happening all over the world. And I understand that. But what I don't understand is how you can point to that and call it the tribulation. That is not what the tribulation is. Let's quickly differentiate between persecution and the tribulation. The tribulation is a seven-year period, according to the book of Daniel, a seven-year period in which God will pour out his wrath from heaven upon the earth, and it's going to be poured out upon people who have rejected Jesus Christ as the Savior, rejected his sacrifice, rejected him as Lord, and as a result, these judgments will be poured out upon the entire earth. The Bible says that the Antichrist will take power and he will rule and reign, especially in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. He will rule and reign over the entire earth with demonic, satanic power. And at in the final three and a half years, according to scripture, uh, we believe that 
in the halfway mark of the tribulation that the Antichrist will be assassinated. Many believe assassinated by a blow to the head of some sort, whether that's a bullet or we don't know what it is, but then raised from the dead and people will see that he's been raised from the dead and the whole world, the Bible says, will see it and marvel and follow after the beast. And so from that three and a half year mark for the final half of the tribulation, he will rule and reign possessed by the spirit of Satan. And so um, during this seven year period, you know, the Bible describes that, you know, bowls of judgment being poured out from heaven. Uh, the trumpet judgments. I mean, you you go through the book of Revelation and you read that these these judgments, by the way, are being poured out and declared from heaven, not from the earth, from heaven. So it is God who is pouring out this wrath, not the devil. The devil's just being allowed by God during this seven-year period because you notice as soon as the seven years are over, he's bound up. For a thousand years, during that time period we call the millennium, where we will rule and reign with Christ on the earth, there'll be perfect peace. Uh, You notice that. So if he's being bound up so easily, then you know that during the seven years, he was just being allowed to do what prophecy said he would do. God's just allowing him to, to do what he's doing to fulfill prophecy as God pours out his judgments. So number one, the first reason that Christians must be raptured before the tribulation takes place is because we as believers are not assigned to go through the tribulation and to experience God's wrath. That's not for us. God's wrath is not for Christians. And here's why. The Bible says that Jesus was placed on the cross And the sins of the world were placed upon his body. This is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, by the way. He who knew no sin, that's Christ, was made to be sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So God took the sins of the world and literally placed them upon the body of Christ and then crucify them to the cross. When we received his sacrifice by faith, you see, by grace through faith are you saved. When we received that sacrifice by grace through faith, we were united with Christ, the Bible says. We are now the body of Christ. That's who we are. He's the head and we are his body. It would be completely unjust for God to punish Christ on our behalf and actually pay the penalty for sin by torturing and crucifying Christ on the cross. And then even though our penalty was already paid by Jesus and his precious blood, God would say, well, you know what? I know the penalty was already paid for them, but I'm going to make them go through my wrath anyway. I'm going to make them pay a second penalty. No, that's unjust, and we don't serve an unjust God. The whole purpose of Christ pouring out his blood so that we could be made free from sin, sickness, poverty, lack, destruction is so that we didn't have to go through the tribulation and punishment of God. And so it would be completely 
wrong and unjust for God to take Christ's body, that is us, and destroy it again during tribulation or the time of tribulation. So we are Christ's body. And Christ's body will not ever again experience the wrath of God. And that's number one. The first, and this is the most important, in my opinion, reason why we must be raptured before the judgment of God begins. Now, there are people who argue that the true judgment of God does not begin until halfway through the tribulation as what we call the great tribulation begins. As I, as I described earlier, where uh, the Antichrist is assassinated, raised from the dead, Satan fills his body, and he begins that demonic worldwide reign. However, I want you to remember that all seven years of the tribulation represent the wrath of God. So whether it's hardcore wrath in the final three and a half years, or it's just the wrath of allowing the Antichrist to rise to power. None of that is our portion as believers. None of that is our story as believers. And so we have to be made aware that that's not our story. God did not save us so that he could then pour his wrath out on us again. God's not schizophrenic. He's not double-minded. That's not how he operates. And so the first and most important reason why Christians need to be raptured before the tribulation begins is because we are not assigned to the wrath of God. It's not for us. And we've got to leave here before that wrath even begins. Now, if you look at the Old Testament and you see different pictures, types and shadows of the rapture, before judgment comes, you'll see stories like Noah's Ark. And you know what happened. Noah built the ark, which represents Christ, by the way. He built the ark as God told him, judgment is coming and I want to save your family. So Noah built the ark. And then the Bible says when the ark was finished, Noah, the animals, and all of his family entered into the ark. In a type and shadow, they entered into Christ. They were in Christ in that moment. But then what happened? God shut the door. God enclosed them in Christ. The Bible says in Galatians 3.27, as many as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. And that's what we see with Noah and his family here. They put on the ark. They were inside of it. And the door was shut around them by God. And they were inside that ark as their covering. And they were clothed with the ark in the same way we're clothed with Christ. And the Bible says, and then the rains began. So I want you to notice that not one drop of rain fell upon Noah or any of his family or the animals. Not one drop of rain hit them. Notice this, the rain and the water that gushed up out of the earth, according to, according to the Bible, was the wrath of God upon a wicked, reprobate earth. Every raindrop that, would have, that created that worldwide flood, 
every raindrop was the wrath of God. Every bit of water that gushed up from inside the earth was the wrath of God. Noah, the Bible says, was a righteous and a holy man, as were his family. And that means not one raindrop was for them. That's why God made sure that before even one of them fell, that every one of Noah's family, Noah himself, and the animals were safely in the ark with the door shut before one raindrop fell. That's a picture, by the way, of what God does to keep his people from wrath. The wrath is not for them, and so it will not touch them. Another picture from the Old Testament is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that Lot and his family were living in the twin cities of of perversion, if you will. And the Bible says that God was ready to destroy those cities for their wickedness. But because Lot was a covenant man, he was Abraham's nephew, and he was part of the Abrahamic covenant and blessing, God sent two angels to go into those cities and to bring Lot and his family out of the cities before destruction began. And the Bible says when the the angels entered into the city, they went to Lot's house and warned him and his family about the impending judgment. And then the Bible says when Lot told his family, they thought he was joking, they mocked him. But when it was getting to be time, now this might be the clearest picture of a rapture we see in the Old Testament. When it was getting to be the time of destruction, where God was ready to pour fire down from heaven on those twin cities, God allowed those angels to grab Lot and his family and rush them out of the city. You know, they weren't moving. The children may not have believed it. The grandchildren may not have believed it. But the Bible says the angels rushed them out, grabbed them and rushed them out of the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And notice, no judgment began. Not one bit of fire fell until Lot and his family had been raptured out of the city, had been pulled away by those angels. Once they'd been pulled away, the city was now qualified for destruction. If God didn't care about his covenant people, Lot and his family, he could have just started raining fire down from heaven and destroyed the city while they were in it and just said, hey, you know what? They shouldn't have lived there in the first place. That's not God. God looked down into a city and saw one family, one family, and God delayed his judgment for one family so that they could escape. And God sent supernatural beings to pull them out before destruction began. And there's a supernatural being who's coming back again to pull us out before the wrath of God begins. And that's Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that a trumpet's going to sound and the Christ himself will descend from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ are going to get up out of their graves. Those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. That's the rapture. Caught up to meet him in the air. And then when we're gone, judgment can begin, but not before because we're not set aside for judgment. That's number one. Number two, the second reason Christians must, must leave in a pre-tribulation rapture. 
is because we carry the power of God. We carry the power of God. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit, mighty power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says it's the same Spirit that raised Christ up from the dead that dwells in you and literally quickens your mortal body. So I want you to understand that you've got power over the devil. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. And then he said, I give unto you all power. So you don't have some power. You have all power, which means that if you were here during the time of tribulation, then as my dad has has preached for years, what would stop you from casting the devil out of the Antichrist and completely foiling Bible prophecy? No, you have power. How could an, an Antichrist system run by the devil ever have dominion over the church? How could an antichrist system, a demonic power, ever have dominion over the body of Christ? No, we are victorious, and we cannot be destroyed or controlled by an antichrist agenda during the wrath of God. We carry the power of God. Now, the Bible says, as Paul taught the Thessalonian church, that the Antichrist cannot even be revealed until the restrainer is moved out of the way. Now, there's a lot of debate about the what, what the restrainer could be or who the restrainer is, but there's truly only one answer that makes sense. What could restrain the Antichrist, the, Satan himself? What could restrain him from beginning his evil end time work. It couldn't be any human person. So it has to be the power of God. It has to be the Holy Spirit. But the problem with that is that the Holy Spirit is an omnipresent being. He's an omnipresent being. He's everywhere. And so you cannot remove the Holy Spirit from any location. He's omnipresent. So then it must not be just the Holy Spirit. What could the restrainer be? Well, we are the hand of God on the earth. We are the body of Christ. We are doing the work of God. We are his agents of change, if you will, filled with God's spirit. So the true answer is the restrainer are the agents of God. That's you and me that are doing the work of God. And so for the tribulation to begin, the church who carry the power of God have to be moved out of the way. The Holy Spirit will still be here, but he'll not be doing what he did in a New Testament context. It will revert almost to like an Old Testament context once the tribulation begins. But the Holy Spirit that's in the believer, so that's why the believers must leave Because we are the agents of change that carry power over the devil. Not only are we God's children, but number two, we are God's agents of change. We are God's agents of change. And we have the power to perform on God's behalf. And so in order for the Antichrist to take power and to begin this time of tribulation, we 
who have the power to change all situations must be removed. And I know people don't agree with this, but that's why you talk about dominion authority. That's why I was so surprised to read two Pentecostal scholars and hear them say, you know, that they don't believe in a a pre-tribulation rapture. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you be, be Pentecostal and believe in dominion and authority and power in the believer and still not believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it, it, I don't understand how the power of God uh, could be dominated by the power of the devil. It just makes no biblical sense. And so, number one, you are not assigned to wrath. You're not assigned to wrath. Number two, you have dominion authority and power and you've got power over all the power of the devil all the power of the devil that's what the bible says all the power of the devil so there's nothing in fact the bible says you've been seated in heavenly places far above principality power dominion might and so there's nothing that can take authority or have authority over you And then finally, the third reason why we must leave before the tribulation begins is because Christ, as he returns in his first coming, which is the rapture, he's taking us and changing our natural bodies into supernatural bodies. We will be glorified and then we'll be united with him. So to bring this tribulation to an end, The Bible says that first, before it begins, we are gathered up to meet him in the air, given glorified bodies and united with him. The head will be now united with the body. And then seven years later, the Bible says that we will return with Christ. So as I've heard many people say, and and I'm sure you've heard it, the first time Jesus comes, He's coming for his saints. But the second time Jesus comes, he's coming with his saints. And when we come back with him at the end of the tribulation period, we are coming back to establish order. We're coming back to establish dominion and judgment for the devil. So we will return as glorified saints with Christ in the second coming which takes place at the end of the tribulation. It's interesting because in the book of Revelation, the word for church, ecclesia, is mentioned 20 times in the book of Revelation, 20. Remember that the church is the apple of God's eye, the apple of God's eye. We, he loves us more than any other thing because we are Christ now. And the word ecclesia is seen 20 times in the book of Revelation, but 19 of those times, it's seen in chapters one through three of Revelation. And then there's some sort of a shift, even in the writing, and from chapter four all the way on through chapter 19, the word ecclesia is never mentioned again. This passage, chapter four through 19, is the most descriptive 
passage we have in the Bible of the tribulation. And if God loved us so much, and we're the apple of his eye, we're the body of Christ, why, as all of these horrible things are taking place on the earth, why are we never mentioned one time? Why does God not give us any instructions as to what to do to get through this terrible time of tribulation? Why does God not give us a pathway to peace during this time of trouble? And then we're not mentioned again. The final time the word ecclesia is mentioned is at the end of the book of Revelation as we are seen as the bride coming back with the groom in the second coming of Christ. So we're taken away to meet him in the first part. Church mentioned 19 times in three chapters. And then the Bible is silent about us. It's because we're with the groom in heaven. And then at the end, when it's time to return, we're mentioned again as we come back and return to this earth to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. These three things, I believe, are so vital to understand as believers that we are not set aside for the wrath of God. On the, on the contrary, we are to rule and reign with him. We've already had our sacrifice uh, through Christ. The punishment's been paid. The, the destruction of God is not for us. The wrath of God is not for us. For us, as he pours out bowls, trumpet, judgments on this earth, it's not for us. It's for those who've rejected Jesus. You and I are leaving. And these are very three very important things because we're called to give people a hope, a comfort. One of the wonderful things about receiving Jesus Christ is missing out on the punishment that you would have had to receive as an unbeliever. Ultimately, hell, but before hell, if we're still alive in this final generation, the tribulation that's poured out on the earth. And it's a terrible thing. In fact, the Bible says if those days were not shortened, no one would be able to stay alive to the end. And so they were shortened for that purpose. But I'm telling you, as a believer, take heart, have hope, know and be comforted that we are leaving here before the tribulation begins. Christ is coming very soon, and he's going to use us before he comes so that we can see souls saved for the kingdom of God. I love you guys very much, and uh, I'm looking forward to being back with you. As I come back to the States, the Facebooks will resume without any issue. I'm going to try to go live again the rest of this week, but I love you guys very much. Take a minute to share this today, and um, if you have any questions, you can send them to me on Instagram, at Ted Shuttlesworth, on Twitter, at T Shuttlesworth, or you can simply email them to me, info at miracleword.com. I love you guys very much. Don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. Oh, 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 o